Are you tired of food controlling your life? Binge eating, emotional eating, secret eating, or feeling obsessed and even addicted to food? I'm Tasha, peaceful eating and nutrition coach, specializing in binge eating recovery and peaceful weight management. And I'm so happy that you found this podcast. It brings me so much joy to warmly welcome you into this safe space where you can expect open conversation about all things recovery and learn practical tools, tips, and advice about how to repair your relationship with food, regain trust within yourself, and take back the control in your life. One urge at a time. To become a valued member of this community, subscribe to the series now and let's discover the peaceful eater in you. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to your peaceful eating podcast. I hope that you have had a wonderful week, whatever you have been doing. I hope you've had a peaceful week. Mine has been mainly continuing to unpack and arrange and organize. Isn't it just amazing how much stuff we actually acquire and we only realize it when we move house? (laughs) In fact, I'm actually sat in my spare room, soon to be nursery when this little human in my belly arrives. And it's, but it's currently just a storage space. And I'm sat in my little fort made of pillows, which if you've ever recorded a podcast, you'll know exactly what I mean. (laughs) Much to my boyfriend's distaste because I have rearranged quite a lot of the house to make said fort. But we're here, the acoustics are great, and we're ready to head into episode four. So in this episode, I am talking today about something called meal pushing. Now, if you aren't familiar with the term meal pushing, it's because I just made it up. (laughs) But what I mean by it is exactly how it sounds. It is the idea of pushing back your meals or waiting until a certain time before you eat, particularly your earlier meals. So your breakfast, your lunch, you know, believing that you are, you've got to wait until a certain time pushing those meals back basically till as late as you can. It's a really common pattern for so many of us that I personally faced, but it's really common for for so many people who have either gone through or are going through a journey of repairing their relationship with food or facing any kind of disordered eating. And it's generally one of the ways that we attempt to feel and regain some sense of control at a point when we feel especially out of control. Now, in my experience of my own journey and working with many clients too, it it seems that there are generally two motives behind meal pushing, either as a means of saving up your calories or as a result of jumping on the recently very, very hyped intermittent fasting bandwagon, which we'll delve into a little bit more later. But essentially, it enforces time restrictions on your eating. 
So today I want to look at both of those motives, really, really delve in, pull them apart and discuss with you why whilst it feels like they may be giving you a sense of control and it feels like it's giving you a bit of a hold on your behaviors, why actually they're really, really, really just keeping you stuck. So first, let's look at meal pushing as a means of saving up your calories. Now, this was really very much something that I used to do. And it's generally when we are preempting either a binge or loss of control or compulsive overeating later on in the day. Or if we're planning a kind of indulgent meal, you know, we're going out for a takeaway, we're having a pizza night or whatever, and it feels like we're kind of safeguarding ourselves against that loss of control or against those extra calories from an indulgent meal. The thought process is kind of like, well, if I only eat X amount of calories during the day, then if I do overeat or lose control later or binge or go overboard and eat too many calories, then at least I'm not doing too much damage. It kind of feels like you're leaving yourself a little bit of wiggle room. And as someone who has done this, who did this for so long, I really, really get the logic and I really understand it on a deep level. But I want to give you a truth bomb. And that is that this daytime restriction, this saving up your calories, this attempt to eat as as little as you possibly can during the day, is the sole and direct reason that you are continuing to experience that loss of control in the evening. It's the direct reason that you are feeling this mad extreme hunger come the evening time and feeling that need to compulsively eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. Now, not only this, but also when we are saving up our calories, it's giving us this kind of justification for binging particularly if we are going out for an indulgent meal or you know it's like well it doesn't matter as much if I binge because I only ate that much during the day again it's that the idea of I won't be doing too much damage and that that feels kind of like a safety net but honestly the disordered mind will cling onto that like a little limpet and as soon as that urge comes up it's going to use that as justification. It's okay to binge because you have, you've only eaten this much. As I said, having been there myself, I understand so deeply how you feel like it's giving you a sense of control. But I promise you, it is only keeping you stuck. And if you are experiencing episodes of compulsive overeating and binging in the evening times, the key thing is rather than to laser focus on the evening and laser focus it kind of on what you need to change in the evening, we need to be looking at the whole picture. We need to be looking at the whole day and working out, well, what, what is causing this hunger in the evening? What is driving this behavior? What am I doing in the daytime that is causing me to repeat these behaviors every evening? 
my guess, if you are experiencing episodes of loss of control or or extreme hunger or binges in the evening, is that you're probably not eating enough during the day. And that might be a conscious decision to do so, or maybe not. But this cycle, once we get into it, of, of eating very little throughout the day and then lots in the evening becomes really strong and really overbearing because without realizing it, we're constantly giving power to it. If you think about it like this, when we've binged in the evening and we've gone to bed feeling sick and full of guilt and feeling, oh, why did I do that? And feeling discomfort physically and mentally, the chances are that come the next morning, we're either going to feel compelled to restrict as as a means of compensating or we're just not going to feel hungry. So what do we do? We push back the meals again. And then come that evening, we're mad hunger, we're triggered into a binge, we overeat. And we're giving power to that cycle, we get into that cycle where we're eating very little throughout the day and loads in the evening, even the evening are losing control. If you recognize this pattern that I'm talking about as something that is similar to your own, I would really, really urge you to try and switch that up. Try and push back against that pattern, against that cycle. And this, a great starting point for this is to prioritize fulfilling meals and snacks during the day. You know, wake up and have a proper breakfast an energy-dense breakfast that's really, truly going to see you through until your lunch. And then have a proper lunch. And don't be afraid to have snacks in the meantime as well. Fuel your body accordingly throughout the daytime and you will be taking huge progress in moving towards peaceful, binge-free evenings. I know how scary it can feel at the beginning. First-hand you know, I would practically starve myself throughout the day. I mean, we're talking bare salads, egg whites, no carbs, and as few calories as I could possibly live on. You know, in my mind, the less that I could eat during the day and the later that I could start eating during the day was that I was winning. The less I could eat, the better. And I would wonder why come the evening I'd get home and I'd feel like this kind of wild animal with this insatiable hunger just compulsive eating and binging and feeling totally out of control but once I saw the pattern it was like I couldn't unsee it it suddenly became so obvious why I continued to lose control in that way but even despite when I understood it and I saw it on that level there was still so much fear about pushing back against that. And there was so much fear about allowing myself, you know, substantial breakfasts that were energy dense and and eating more throughout the day just felt so strange. And it was scary because whilst I got it on, on a kind of logical level, I guess I didn't believe fully that it would stop me overeating in the evening I didn't believe that 
simply by increasing my food in the day that that would stop me binging and overeating and losing control every evening. And so I had this fear, like the fear of going over my calories was so real. And meal pushing had been my kind of safety net for that. But I committed to trying. I committed to waking up and to trusting the process and having those substantial meals. Now, I would love to say that it was very quick and that I stopped binging in the evenings very quickly. And, but honestly, it did take a while to stop. And that was hard. It was hard because there were days at the beginning where I trusted the process and I fueled myself well throughout the day. But as a result of the habit still being there, Yes, I did still binge in the evening during the early days. But due to the fact that I had decided to be consistent and be committed and continue on regardless, eventually that pattern did weaken. Eventually those binges started to slow down. That hunger was no longer quite so intense in the evening. And eventually, they just faded out. It takes time for your brain to unlearn a habit, which is the hard part. You know, when we decide, okay, I'm going to stop restricting, and we, we really want, we kind of want the binges to stop straight away. And whilst stopping restriction is absolutely the first step, we do have to be patient and allow ourselves the time for for our brain to unlearn that habit. And I honestly think that can be one of the most difficult things when you do lose control and you do have a binge to not compensate, to wake up the next day, hold your head high and carry on as though it didn't happen. It takes serious strength and commitment and a hell of a lot of courage. But the truth is, is that healing your relationship with food requires making mistakes without compensating for them and when you can find it in you to be courageous enough to do that you've cracked it because whilst the option to restrict is there even if that option is like oh like one percent I'll only restrict if you know in under these circumstances whilst that option to restrict is there on any level binging will continue. For as long as restriction is an option, binging remains an option in your mind too. I promise you that whatever your patterns are, whether it's this pattern of restricting throughout the day and overeating in the evening, or whether it's something different, I promise you that you will get to a point where the reason behind your pattern will become so apparent. It will become so clear why it's happening and it will just be undeniable. You'll be able to see it so clearly and that's a real like penny drop moment when that happens. And you'll get to a point where it will feel so wrong to not fuel yourself because you know so clearly what that leads to. Like I it, now, I, you know, I, I used to be fearful of fueling myself and now I'm fearful of underfueling myself. 
I know that if I was to, if I was to not fuel myself, I was to go back to those restricting ways, I know what that would lead to. Now, this same concept that we've just chatted about also applies if you are heading out for an indulgent meal. Let's say you've got a pizza night planned or you're going to your parents for a big slap up Sunday roast or it's takeaway night or, you know, whatever. And that temptation to save up your calories can be really strong. But in the same way, it's the choice to try and save those calories up that is directly causing you to to overeat at that indulgent meal. It's a real uh, habit that we get into. And and again, something that that I would do so much all the time. Um, but, But the best thing that we can do, even if we're going out for a big indulgent meal, you know, if it's something we don't usually have and it's we're going out, we know we're going to be eating more. We know we're going to be eating foods that maybe we don't generally eat. The best thing that you can do beforehand and on the lead up is to just eat normally. Now, this was uh, this was a, a big shift for me. So I would, my binge days were very often on Sundays and I would always go out for a Sunday roast with my family and all my friends, which would be like, you know, maybe I'd be going out three or four o'clock, which was a different time for me to have a big meal. I didn't usually have a big meal at those at that time on other days. And so it would always cause me a little bit of anxiety anyway, being out of that, that routine. But because I knew that Sundays were kind of my, you know, my cheat day or my binge day, I'd feel the need to to restrict it in the lead up and I would I would always skip breakfast on that Sunday and I wouldn't have anything until I went to that roast. So by the time I got to the roast, of course I was a starving hungry because it was now by this time four o'clock in the afternoon. I also had this inner dialogue of, well, you've not eaten anything, so you know you can go really overboard followed by the inner dialogue talking about how this is your binge day, you know, as of tomorrow, you're back on the diet tomorrow, you've got to make the most of it, you've got to finish it all. And I would leave feeling so full and so sick and I would get home and the binge would just continue. Again, because I knew that I was back to restriction mode the following day. I'd restricted in the lead up. And it would cause me to eat in this way that was honestly just so destructive. The far more peaceful way to prepare yourself if you're going out for, like I did, a Sunday roast or a pizza or an indulgent meal, is to eat perfectly normally beforehand and plan to eat perfectly normal afterwards. And when you've not got that restriction either side of it you're able to just enjoy that meal in a much more balanced and connected way you can eat until you're comfortably satisfied and if there's leftovers have them tomorrow have them the next day we're leaving behind that black and white mentality and that feeling of got to get rid of this food now i'm only allowed this food now i've got to wait until this time till i'm allowed it get rid of those they're keeping you stuck 
as I said earlier, in the early stages of practicing this, you might, let's say you are going out for an indulgent meal and you choose to eat normally and push back against that cycle, but you still end up overdoing it. You still end up overeating or binging. You are still making progress. You have still taken a bit of power back from that cycle. And you can continue to make more progress by choosing to not follow it up with restriction either. Okay, let's move on to the other most common reason why somebody would meal push or practice meal pushing. Um, And this is intermittent fasting, which, yeah, if if you haven't heard of intermittent fasting, It is essentially time-restricted eating. So it it imposes a window of time in which you can eat. And outside of those times, you are restricted to water and, I believe, black coffee and herbal tea, I think. This has gained quite a lot of hype in the last decade as, as as a health practice. Now, it promises maximized cellular healing it promises weight loss improved focus better sleep better digestion and the the list goes on right now firstly yes fasting does do all those things fasting is incredibly healthy and necessary for our body but here's the thing we humans sleep seven to nine hours a night, meaning that we fast probably for around 10 to 12 hours naturally. Now, attempting to prolong that fast, in my opinion, is completely unnecessary. And particularly for those who have faced or are facing any level of disordered eating or distress around food or, 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 negative, or a negative relationship with food, you know, it can only be destructive when we are doing everything that we possibly can to reconnect back to our bodies and to honor and listen to those messages from our body about what we need, when we need it, how much we need. Why would we possibly want to override that and cause more of a disconnect? That just seems like such a backstep, right? Now, don't get me wrong. There are absolutely times when our body might need a little bit more time. A little bit more time to rest and digest and heal. Let's say um, an example would be if you have been out for a big meal you know, you, you might wake up and your, your body might still be digesting that big meal and, and it might need more fast fasted time or rest time. But your body will let you know that. You don't need to enforce that with time restrictions. And actually, when we are aligned and in tune with our bodies, fully, fully in tune with our bodies, we are able to receive those messages from our body and those signs from our body our body is sending us messages and signs and clues all day every day about what we need when we need it for instance if I go out and I have a heavier than usual meal late at night and I go to sleep quite full 
there's a high chance, despite the fact that I am usually the kind of person that actually wakes up quite excited for breakfast, there's a high chance that I may wake up and naturally feel less hungry. And I will honour that. You know, I, I, I might not need my breakfast until an hour or two later. And that, that not feeling hungry is, our, is my body's way of, of communicating with me that actually, you know what, I need a little bit more time to digest that meal. There might be other mornings where I wake up and let's say I've done a lot of walking the previous day and my body might need energy quicker and faster and, and more of it that next morning. For instance, actually, since going into my second trimester, I've woken up, I've been waking up really hungry. And when I did some research on that, naturally, when we're pregnant, we have uh, lower blood sugar in the morning. So it makes perfect sense. And I was just like, oh, thanks, body, for letting me know what I need. So, of course, I, I honor that. But in order to get to that place, we do have to work hard to reconnect but when we are reconnected, we really can start to find, find our own flow and our own rhythm with food so that we just kind of know what we need and we just kind of know the way of eating that makes us feel our absolute best. As I said, I'm a total breakfast girl. You know, I wake up hungry and then naturally in the evening times, I'm not so hungry. So I'll tend to have a lighter dinner. And that is, I know that through just years of reconnecting and, and finding what works for me. And it's funny, actually, because if you had told me that years ago when I was stuck in my disordered relationship with food, and I was so stuck in the daytime restriction evening binge cycle, I would just not have believed you. But when you start to connect back to yourself and you start to leave behind those disordered thoughts, wonderful and surprising things happen. When you are able to listen to your body and listen to that natural wisdom that she has and be guided by that, it's just a beautiful thing. And it makes us realise that when we've been trying to kind of get that wisdom from external sources which and we're never ever going to know what our body needs a diet is never going to know what our body needs we're not a one-size-fits-all so taking little steps to push back against those restrictions and to start to reconnect and start to find your own inner wisdom your body's own inner wisdom is a beautiful and very exciting journey that you are all on. So your actionable task, as always, for this week is to look for where you might be restricting or meal pushing. And I want you to see if you can start to trust your body instead. Or at least let your body have a say. Even if you're not ready to listen right now, just at least ask. Ask your body, what, what do I truly need right now? What does my body really want from me right now? 
See what gems of wisdom your body can offer you and start to take those little consistent steps towards that life where you are just in full and complete trust of her. Okay, guys, let's leave it there. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you are loving what you're hearing and these are helping you, make sure that you subscribe to the series so that you can be notified when new episodes pop up, which is every Friday morning. Don't forget, you can get in touch with me at any point via email or Instagram. The details for both of those are in the show notes. And if you haven't already, don't forget to download your free binge SOS card, which is a free printable card that I've created for you to print out and keep close by your side, keep in your pocket, in your work bag, wherever wherever it needs to be. And it's there for you for when that urge arises and you're caught in those difficult thoughts. It's going to walk you through a step-by-step-by-step process that I use with clients to allow that urge to move through you without feeling like you are powerless to it. All right, guys, have a wonderful week and I look forward to catching up with you next week for episode five. Bye for now.